The following message was recorded at Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama. For more information and resources from Shades Valley, please visit us at shadesvalley.org. The scripture for today is Acts 2, 42 through 47. And they were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, And breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. So if you haven't already, I invite you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Uh, Last week, we began a new, just kind of brief series entitled Cultural Convictions, in which we are talking about convictions that we have at Shades Valley about the kind of culture that we want to have as a, a church. And here's the deal. Over the years, we've boiled down the description of that culture to basically four things. They are messy authenticity, spirit simplicity, three stream unity, and member-led ministry. And we're just taking those one at a time. Last week, we talked about messy authenticity. If you weren't able to be here, you can go back, listen to the podcast. We don't have time to review any of that because we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning diving into what it means for us to have a culture of spirit simplicity. What do, what do we mean by that phrase? And I, I think probably one of the easiest ways for us to get at what we mean by spirit simplicity is to talk about it in relation to two headings, Sunday services and our weekly schedule. I would describe both of those things at Shades as simple. What we do here on Sundays for service when we gather is it's pretty simple. I mean, I know this is hard to believe, but we've never actually been accused of having like a flashy production uh, we're, we're kind of known for our non-smooth transitions. They're rather a classic here at Shades Valley Community Church. Uh, and that's because what we do here isn't meant to be a professional production. Uh, what we do here, we often describe as us being a family gathered together. This room is not meant to reflect a theater. We describe it more as being like our living room, where we come together as a family to worship Simply, our Sunday services are simple. But why? That's the question. Why? And not just our Sunday services. I told you there are two headings, which we got to talk about this. The other one being our weekly schedule. I don't know about you, if you grew up in the church, but I I grew up as a pastor's kid. And my Sundays uh, started bright and early. Um, with Sunday school that was actually sandwiched between two different services. But we had Sunday school, and then we had church service, and then on Sunday afternoon I had youth choir, and then on Sunday evening we had Sunday evening service. Wednesday night we had multiple different services, and throughout the week there would be uh, evangelistic events, training opportunities, after-school programs, church programs, and on and on and on and on the list could go. Like, I grew up in a church where you could literally be involved 
in some official organized church activity almost every single day of the, the week. And here's the deal. As we go into this this morning, I want to be very clear. I am not saying, I am not saying that churches who have those kinds of schedules or churches that are more professionally produced on like their Sunday services, I'm not saying those are bad churches who are doing it wrong. And thank goodness, we're so much better. We're doing it right. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that we have chosen to cultivate a different kind of culture here at Shades. And we need to know why. Every church, no matter what kind of culture you're aiming to cultivate, no matter what kind of practices you embrace, every church should know why they do what they do. Every church should do what they do, not just because it's the latest thing to do, but they should do it with intentionality. And we have intentionally chosen to try to keep our schedule pretty simple, to try to keep our Sunday services pretty simple. But we need to know why. Why? I would argue that it's because of our convictions about the Holy Spirit and his use of normal means. In other words, I would argue that our simplicity is spirit simplicity. Let's look into Acts chapter 2 together to see more of what I mean and see if you agree with me. Let's see why we do things simply at Shades. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42, we read, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Now, if you're not familiar, Acts chapter 2 tells the story of Pentecost, when Christ, after his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, Christ promised that he would send the Holy Spirit to empower his followers. And that's what happens at the festival of Pentecost. At that point, Christ's followers numbered at about 120 folks. But the Spirit shows up and empowers them to witness boldly for him. And in that single day, we read that 3,000 people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Like, can you imagine? And what we get right here at the beginning in verse 42 is a description of what this new spirit-wrought community looks like. In other words, right here on the heels of the coming of the Holy Spirit, here's the way that community takes shape. And do you see how simple it is? We're told they devote themselves to four things. Do you see what they were? Conferences, celebrity pastors, best-selling authors, and church growth strategies. Right? No, it's much simpler than that. They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. Not the apostles. To their teaching, which was the gospel. They devote themselves to the gospel. To fellowship. To the breaking of bread. To the prayers. We could take those things individualistically, but there's also a way to look at them collectively. As a matter of fact, I think we're meant to. New Testament scholar I. Howard Marshall, uh, he, he says it this way. He says, a case can be made that these four things are in fact four elements which characterized a Christian gathering in the early church. And on the whole, this is the preferable view. In other words, we're not being told they... Paid attention to some teaching over here. They did some fellowship over here. No, we're being given a description of what it looked like when they gathered together to worship together. It, it was simple. 
gospel teaching from their leadership, fellowship with one another, the breaking of bread and communion with Christ, prayers offered to God the Father, and all of this coming on the heels being done in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's made obvious not just by the fact it follows on the heels of the coming of the Spirit, but it's made obvious by the very next verse. Look at verse 43. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, not by the apostles, by the Spirit, through the apostles. These signs and wonders right here, they are, they are not the point of this passage. They are an affirmation of the point of this passage. Namely, that the Spirit is the one at work through all of these normal means. Teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, praying, what you're seeing right here through those normal things is the work of the Spirit. You need affirmation of it? Okay, these signs and miracles were also happening too. We, we like to sometimes take mentions of the miraculous in Scripture, like this one, and, and make them the main thing. But pay attention, Shades. Pay attention, and you will often see, not always, but you will often see that the mention of the miraculous in Scripture is there to affirm God is the one at work in the midst of that which doesn't look miraculous, in the midst of that which looks rather mundane. I'll give you some examples. You get a virgin birth with the birth of Christ. Why? To affirm that it is indeed God at work in the midst of a manger, something so mundane. You get Jesus doing all of his miracles, healing people, turning water into wine, walking on water. Why? To show that this no-name carpenter from nowhere Nazareth really is the promised Messiah. You get a resurrection. Why? To affirm that the one who underwent crucifixion really was God in the flesh. And right here in Acts chapter 2, you get signs and wonders that say... The Holy Spirit really is the one at work when these people gather together to worship in simplicity. And all the teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers, it really is the same God who worked in mangers and crosses and turning wine into water. It's that same God at work right here. These signs and wonders, they barely get a mention. They're not the focus of these verses. They are an affirmation that the miraculous is happening in everything else that we would consider mundane. It's not, please, I'm not trying to downplay the miraculous right here. It is not, I'm not, I'm not saying that we as a church don't affirm signs, wonders, and the miraculous. We do, but we also affirm that God works the miraculous in everything that doesn't look miraculous. I'm not minimizing the miraculous, I'm expanding it. I'm not affirming less, I'm affirming more. He doesn't just do the big he works the miraculous in the midst of everything that we would consider mundane, and that is his regular pattern of working. Miracles tend to be, the what we think of as miracles, tend to be the exception to the rule. Even in Scripture. You remember the story of Samuel, the boy prophet? And he hears the voice of God calling to him. He's confused. He thinks it's the elder priest, Eli. Do you know why he's confused and thinks it's Eli? First Samuel tells us why he's confused and thinks it's Eli. It says, because the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there were no frequent visions. It was rare. 
It's the exception to the rule. Even Moses only got one burning bush, people. He didn't carry the thing around in his backyard. The miraculous things that the people of Israel experienced as they wandered through the wilderness in 40 years, there was enough space between those things for them to forget. It's not the norm. The normal way that God works his power by his spirit is through regular mundane means. This is where we're told over and over again that the spirit loves to put his power on display because it makes it even more obvious that it has to be him. When God works through the weak things of the world, it makes it obvious it's got to be his strength. When God works through the foolish things of the world, it makes it obvious that it's got to be his wisdom. Paul boasts about this, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. We have this treasure in jars of clay. In our weak, frail, brittle bodies, we've got this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power you see is not from us. It couldn't be so. It is from God. God uses the mundane to show forth his miraculous power. Is that not what we continue to see as we go on in Acts chapter 2? Look at verses 44 and 45. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. On on the heels of us being told about signs and wonders, here's another miraculous work of the Spirit that gets even more word space. The mundane selling of material goods in order to share and care for one another. It's it's as if we're being told this should leave us just as much in awe as the signs and wonders previously mentioned. Because this is just as much a work of the Holy Spirit. That's the point of this entire paragraph. On the heels of the coming of the Spirit, here is the shape that community takes one of simple worship. And look how the Spirit works his miraculous power through these mundane, normal means. Shades, this is why. This is why we aim to worship simply. In our Sunday services, when we, when we gather together, we aren't, we aren't trying to come up with something each week to wow you. What are we going to do this week? Bring the crowds back. We're, we're not trying to do big flashy things in order to manipulate your emotions into feeling a certain way. When we come together here, we are not trying to recreate the atmosphere of a, a conference or a concert with lights and smoke and insane production and smooth transitions. And we're family. This is our living room. That's why we sit in a circle. Because there's no division between the professionals on stage and the people out here who have come in order to watch the professionals put on a show. The, the, the band just completes the circle as we sit as a family around our family table. We sit around the thing that brought us all here together in the first place. Christ's body broken, his blood poured out. We sit around the symbols of the gospel, which has brought us together as a faith family. The cross and the table are at the center for us to sit around as we do together some 
pretty crazy, simple things. Hear teaching, fellowship with each other, break bread week after week in communion with Christ, pray to our Father. I know, it's revolutionary. It actually is. It's how God turned the world upside down. It's the reason we're sitting here 2,000 years after the life of Jesus because a whole bunch of people whose names we will never know just kept getting together week after week doing this. And your life is completely different for it. Mine too. We worship this way because we believe the Holy Spirit is at work through these normal, simple, mundane means. Let me clarify, Shades. As I talk about how we do things simply, it's not like a big conference or concert where, once again, it's not that things like Christian conferences are bad or concerts are bad. Go go to your concerts. Go to the conferences. That's fine. It's not that these things are bad. But I I might put it this way. Something like a conference uh, is like Thanksgiving, okay? Uh, Thanksgiving is an awesome meal where you will remember exactly what you ate, probably even how the table was set. You'll remember who you were with. You'll remember all the events of the day, how it was such a great day. But Thanksgiving is not the meal that's going to support your day-to-day life. If you eat, if, if all you eat is Thanksgiving, that meal once a year, you'll starve. If all you eat is Thanksgiving for every meal, you're going to have other health problems. What keeps you healthy are those mundane daily meals that you can't even remember what you ate yesterday. You couldn't name the people that you ate with last week. You probably can't even remember much about the events of the day. But all of those meals day by day are what sustain your life. Shades, big spiritual experiences like concerts or conferences or even a big emotional spiritual moment that you may have in the context of this place. Big spiritual experiences They're nice, like thanksgiving, but they will not sustain your faith. It is the mundane meals of weekly worship together where you can't even remember the sermon from a couple of weeks ago. Don't worry, I can't either. You can't remember who all was and wasn't there. It might feel like nothing significant even happened, but it is precisely through these mundane means that the Spirit works to miraculously grow and sustain your faith. Shades, it's in the normal practices of our worship that the Spirit works His power. That's why the early church persevered in these things. Did you catch that? Look back up to the beginning in verse 43. What does it say they did with regard to these very simple practices? It says they devoted themselves. Proskotereo. They devoted themselves. The word literally means to hold fast, to, to continue in something despite opposition. In other words, it literally means to persevere. The early church persevered in these things because they believed that the Spirit was the one at work through them. The 
the early church was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. All too often people can read, especially this passage right here, Acts 2, 42 through 47. People can read it and get this over-idealized picture of the early church as if they had it all right and all together. In order to get that picture from this passage, you got to skip this word. They had to persevere at this. In other words, it wasn't easy. Just read the rest of Acts or the rest of your New Testament. It wasn't easy. In fact, I'm willing to bet that it was often mundane day to day. But they practiced Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. They persevered kept at these normal, mundane means. And shades, as a result, we are here. I pray that we do the same. I pray that we encourage one another that the Spirit is doing His miraculous work even when we don't feel like it. This this is what Grace Walensky was doing when she stood up here near the end of the service last week and she encouraged all of us, even when you don't feel like it, show up! Show up because we believe that even when we don't feel it, even when it seems mundane and routine, and oh my goodness, if I've got to say the prayer of confession one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. We believe God's at work in the midst of that. When you come to this table week after week and you kneel again and again and again and you take the bread and the cup again and again and again, the Spirit is at work in the midst of that. I pray that we will continue stirring up one another, encouraging one another to gather together and worship in spirit simplicity because we believe these are the means by which the spirit is at work. This is why, Shades, this is why we worship simply because we believe it's in the normal practices of our worship that the spirit works his power. There's a second heading I told you about that we also need to talk about for just a moment right here. This is why we worship simply, but this is also why we keep a simple schedule. This is why we keep a simple schedule. That's our second heading for spirit simplicity. And I think it's precisely what we see when we keep reading our passage in Acts. Look at verse 46. And day by day, attending temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Day by day, talking about their schedule. And at first glance, that might sound like an insane schedule, like the one I described my church having growing up. These people were together day by day? Like every stinking day? Well, yes, but look at what they're doing. What does the text say? First, it says they're together day by day because they're attending temple. You've got to understand, for a first century religious Jew, this was a normal part of their daily routine for those who lived in Jerusalem. In other words, this is not them going out of their way to add something new to their schedule. This is a part of the regular rhythms of their life. Whether they were organizing times for them to be together in the temple in Solomon's portico or whether they were just bumping into each other as they were all there naturally. It's likely a little bit of both. What they're doing is they're taking the regular rhythms of their lives and they're now recentering them on Christ. The second thing we're told that they did was that they broke bread together in their homes, which likely refers to two things. 
One, official worship gatherings where they would have received communion together. Very quickly, that developed into a weekly routine. But it also likely refers to them just getting together and receiving meals together, sharing food in their homes. Sometimes those two things, official worship gatherings, sharing meals, likely mixed together. Basically, what we're seeing right here, Shades, in both the temple and in homes is a mixture of what I would call organized and organic gatherings. Seeing a mixture of organized and organic gatherings. And that's because they kept their schedule pretty simple. And we try to do the same. At Shades, we, we have organized times that our body gets together. Congratulations, you are at one of them. Sunday morning. Outside of Sunday morning, we've got community groups. That's about it. Occasionally, we do an event. We did way more during COVID, and that was for different reasons, because we all needed to get together outside and stuff like that and organize opportunities for community. But normally, Sunday morning, community groups, and the occasional get-together. Not much more than that. And the reason that we minimize those organized gatherings is to free up our schedules for the organic, to free up your schedule and my schedule. I'll tell you about mine. Uh, Keeping our organized activity to a minimum frees up my schedule as a pastor to let me pastor. I served two churches uh, in youth and college ministry before coming to Shades Valley. And in both of those places, and this is not a knock against either of those churches, I love them both, but in both of those places, the overwhelming majority of my job was not pastoral. It was administrative. The majority of my job was event planning, management, and execution. I was constantly designing ways for people to serve and then recruiting volunteers. I was designing activities for people to be on mission or through which people could build community. But what I did not have much time to do was actually be with people. I didn't have much time to prepare to teach people or disciple them, to to equip them so they actually could serve, could live on mission, could build community. But at Shades, we keep a simple schedule, which for me means that my administrative work and the other pastors, our administrative work is kept to a minimum. There's always administrative work. It's just going to happen. But it's kept to a minimum. And as a result, I get to invest my time in teaching, discipling, counseling, into being with you one-on-one through things that you walk through in life. I get to to invest my time in doing what I believe Ephesians 4 says I should be doing, equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. And I believe that us keeping a simple schedule allows you to do the work of the ministry because there is not always an event for you to attend or something booking up your schedule every night of the week. You're free, Shades. You are free to serve one another, to be with one another in community, discipling one another, life on life through simple conversation and sharing of life. Not not long after I arrived at Shades Valley, I told this to one of my friends who's a a pastor. I said, um, 
out of all the churches I've ever been a part of, this one has the least amount scheduled. And these people are together the most. And that's still true. I could be with a group of people from Shades Valley Community Church every single night of the week. Because y'all are the getting us together folks I've ever seen. I believe that is where some of the best discipling and serving happens. Not when Brad and John Mark and I design perfect programs, but when you come together, simply sharing Jesus with one another in the regular rhythms of your life. That is where the Spirit is doing his miraculous work, right in the midst of the mundane. Shades, of course, of course there are organized ways you can be involved in this body. Whether we talk about serving, whether we talk about community, whether we talk about mission, we talk about serving. Of course, there are organized ways you can be involved. There are official lists you can sign up on. A lot of us grew up in churches that have made us get into this mindset that we're not serving unless our name is on a list somewhere. Of course, there are ways to put your name on a list here at Shades. You can be involved with Serving in the kids' ministry. We just passed a clipboard with a literal list for that. You can, you can bring communion. You can sign up to greet. You can do any of these kinds of things. And all of those things are great. But I want to break that paradigm of what serving is apart and expand our view a little bit. When I most poignantly see the Spirit's power on display in your serving is when you just pray for one another. When you show up in each other's lives in the midst of difficult situations and you're with one another and you listen to each other and you lament with one another and you counsel one another and you didn't sign up on a list to do any of that. But you are serving the body of Christ. That's just as much serving as anything you would ever sign up for at Shades Valley. This is not just true of serving. This is true of community. Shades, of course, of course, there are official organized community groups that you can sign up to be a part of here at Shades. There's a whole booklet of them in your bulletin. And I hope that you will sign up and be a part of one of these. But I see the Spirit work powerfully through you when you just spend time together talking about life, speaking the truth of the gospel into one another's Lives and, and we want to keep your schedule free from too much organized stuff so that there's always room for the organic. And not just with one another, but with the greater community in Birmingham. If we talk about not just serving, not just community, but if we talk about mission, living our lives on Mission. I very much grew up in an environment where being on mission meant I signed up to participate in some kind of event on a once-a-month basis. That was me living on mission. I want to break that paradigm apart. We want to keep your schedule freed up for gospel impact in Birmingham. Shades, of course, of course we could organize a big flashy evangelistic event that you could come and participate in once a month, but... I think the Spirit more often works His evangelistic power in the midst of mundane, organic relationships. I believe He works His evangelistic power through things like getting to know your neighbors. 
or being involved with your kid's school and constantly rubbing shoulders with people who don't have faith in Jesus. Getting to know your coworkers, listen to them and hear about their lives and share about yours and naturally and organically share about your, your faith. Shades, this is you being on mission. When people ask, what does Shades Valley Community Church do in Birmingham, Alabama? I don't tell stories about what an institution does once a month. I talk about people because you are Shades Valley Community Church. And what Shades does in Birmingham, Alabama is what you do. That's what Shades does. Throughout our history, we've, uh, we've asked this question. If Shades was to be removed, would Birmingham miss it? And if we're talking about an institution... This building is gone, and the institution is gone. Would Birmingham miss us? I don't know. Maybe not, because then you know, people would have to pay for parking during the week and stuff. I mean, I miss it at all. But if the 200 or so of you were gone, that would be Shades Valley Community Church being gone from Birmingham, Alabama. And I dare say Birmingham would be a darker place without the brightness of the light of Jesus that I know shines through you in the midst of workplaces, in the midst of homes and neighborhoods and schools. Shades, when we talk about mission at Shades, mission is not something you add to your schedule like another event. Mission is your schedule. I stole that from a friend completely. It is your schedule. In other words, It's where you live, it's where you work, it's where you play. That's where you are on mission 24-7 in the regular, mundane, everyday routine. Is that not precisely what we see right here at the very end of Acts chapter 2? Look at verse 47. We read that these saints were praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Day by day. Like as they just went about their day-by-day lives. Just rubbing shoulders with the people that they lived around. Through these normal means, the Spirit worked to add people to the church, those who were being saved. Shades, this is why. This is why we keep a simple schedule. Because we believe it is through the normal routines of our everyday life that the Spirit works His power for us to serve the church, and for us to speak the gospel to the world. This is why. This is why we worship simply. This is why we keep a simple schedule. Because this is where we believe the Spirit does his regular work. This is what we mean by Spirit simplicity. Over the years, we tried to sum it up, give it a definition. I want to close by reading it to you. You can read this on our website anytime you would like. But this is how we define spirit simplicity. Our gatherings do not feature flashy production, but feel more like a family gathered in a living room. Our calendars are not cluttered with church programs as we don't schedule much more than Sunday worship and community groups. All of this simplicity is rooted in our desire not to rely upon our own creative programming, but on the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe it is in the normal practices of our worship and our lives that the Spirit works His power. 
So we worship simply. And we keep a simple schedule to free up our people for gospel impact in their jobs, schools, neighborhoods, and communities. We embrace the miraculous and the mundane through spirit simplicity. And you're invited this morning to embrace the same. You're, you're invited into all that Shades does, organized and organic. And, and my prayer is that you will experience in, in all of our unflashy simplicity, my prayer is that what you will experience is the power of the Holy Spirit. And I hope the simplicity makes it even more obvious that it's him. You're invited in to experience spirit simplicity.